This is a germ-free broadcast. Freshly sanitized hands. Thank you, Danielson, for that thought-provoking intro. It's a brave new world, isn't it? It's, it's time for us to do things that we never did before. So we can stand up to this COVID-19 nightmare. But it, maybe we, we should frame it as a, instead of a nightmare, a challenge. We've got to start doing things different to be community-minded. And so the, the voice file that Danielson just sent me that started with that introduction, I, I think was just a, a moment of mindfulness for me about how going forward things are going to be different. And in, in my last episode, you know, imagining what a post-COVID-19 world would look like, you know, we, we got to do a bunch of things differently that before we just took for granted. I just did my first ever Skype today, this morning. And I was sitting on the couch that I'm pointing at that you can't see me point at in my living room. And I Skyped another person in this very house that I can't have face-to-face -face contact with because of uh, quarantine recommendations. That's just crazy. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, we need to do some things different. And I, I felt that that uh, was an appropriate way to start this next episode, episode 33, how to prepare for a therapy session or a counseling session, your first therapy session or counseling session. But before we get there, I want to get back to Danielson. He has uh, some thoughts for us about a possible quote to start off this episode. And I'm going to share with you a revision that he made, Danielson made in terms of the novel first sentence he shared with us a number of episodes ago in terms of the man in the mirror. And it's directly connected to some of the ideas he's going to be sharing with us right here, right now. It's funny, uh, an expression that I've uh, been mindful of lately. I think I picked it up in uh, uh, the book Atomic Habits that I just finished reading. And uh, the expression, uh, the, uh, the perfect is the enemy of the good. I love it. It's... Uh, it, it's so meaningful and uh, you know any any writing that I do for example it doesn't have to be perfect uh, it certainly isn't going to be and, and so trying to uh, take the lessons uh, that I uh, give to my students in that regard so I always say you know if you want to improve your writing uh, there's three things that you have to do edit 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 and uh, so back to Stephen King Stephen King uh, was asked how to become a better writer. So I kind of borrowed from him, I suppose. He said, read, read, and read. The road to hell is paved with adverbs. Till next time. Thanks again, Dan. But before we go any further, let's make this official. Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. I'm your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist, and this is a Just Some Guy production. Today we're going to talk about ideas and flow, the good life, resources for our spiritual toolbox, 
a revision of a novel first sentence, t-shirt idea, and some etc. stuff. So welcome. I'm not sure what uh, you might be enjoying during this quarantine moment, but I have a dandelion root tea. It's kind of my go-to. So because there is a quarantine in effect, because there's someone in my home that has been specifically recommended to have complete isolation from the rest of the family. And there's a couple of monkeys running around. Woodrow II and Blazing Phoenix. Uh, there might be some background sounds of life, but that is the nature of this moment. So welcome to episode number 33, how to prepare for your first therapy session. I'm not going to talk about the benefits of going to therapy I know some people think that going to therapy uh, perhaps might be a demonstration of weakness, that you don't have all the resources that you need, or it might be a form of self-indulgence. I'd like to reframe that in saying that, you know, to arrive at a moment where you've decided that uh, feeding the fire of good mental health would include experimenting with going to a therapist, that the way we could frame that would be that it is a moment of courage to demonstrate an openness to leave oneself vulnerable and a commitment to continuous spiritual and personal growth in terms of being mindful of one's mental and uh, physical health. So I think it's, it's an option for some and not all, but I just wanted to focus on that point in time in which let's say someone is looked at the, the pros and cons and they've decided that in terms of feeding the fire of good mental health that they're going to go but they're nervous they don't know what to expect and so that's what this episode is going to be about i have four suggestions or four considerations that can make the process hopefully a little less painful than it might feel like it's going to be and perhaps that uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be. The t-shirt idea that I'm going to share in terms of orienting ourselves to this discussion would be explore, expand, become. Right? Explore, expand, become. Uh, there's a quote I think that could go along with this, even though um, the uh, quote shared by Daniel Sun is going to be the primary quote to frame this discussion. But this is from B.F. Skinner. He shares, a failure is not a mistake. It may simply be the best one can do under the circumstances. The real mistake is to stop trying. So what we're talking about here is instead of looking at life or different experiences, whether we're talking about writing or going to uh, counseling, instead of looking at an, it as an event, let's look at it as a process. And Danielson has given us a lot of food for thought in that second clip about this idea of process as he's grounded in an example of his writing. So Danielson in episode 29 shared a novel first sentence. The sentence is, The mirror conjured a new testimony of age, evidence of a deeper parenthesized mouth that launched a regret-flavored reverie as he scrutinized his disturbingly unrecognizable face. He was thinking about some 
ideas he got from Stephen King, as he also mentioned in that second clip, and that uh, the road to hell is uh, paved in adverbs. And so he looked at that sentence and he decided that uh, he wanted to make some changes. He wanted to make a, make a revision. He wanted to engage in a process. And that process was to kind of, in, instead of getting caught up in creating uh, a perfect first draft or first complete in itself idea that's going to stand on its own and needs no further thinking about. He recognized that it, perfection often stops us from doing anything. Went back to a sentence and he made uh, this following change. He took, he took out disturbingly and unrecognizable and uh, substituted just the word altered. So the sentence now goes like this. The mirror conjured a new testimony of age, evidence of a deeper parenthesized mouth that launched a regret-flavored reverie as he scrutinized his altered face. So we're talking about process here. And I think process, there's going to be a couple words of the day for uh, this episode. And, and the, the first word of the day would be definitely process. The other uh, would be cathartic. That uh, there are things that we do that when we do these things, they can help us feel a little less heavy. Uh, we can feel lighter. We can kind of, if we're having an emotional experience, we can touch the emotions and we can let them go. So like on that thought, I actually think this is a great time because we're all experiencing some things that we haven't experienced before. This is prime time, I believe, for people to start experimenting with a novel first sentence for the, the first sentence of a book that you'd like to write, but you think you might not. And you never know. By taking that first step, you might actually start writing a book that could have a message that's attractive to someone else, that could be helpful, that you could share something that someone else can consider it and others could be expanded by it. Explore, expand, become. Okay? So we're exploring this idea of stepping into the therapist's or psychotherapist's office for your first counseling session. So I'd, li I'd like to share right now because I don't know, perhaps it, it could be helpful in terms of giving some weight to some of my thoughts, but I've not mentioned this before because the purpose of this podcast and, and these episodes is for me to be framing myself as just some guy. I'm just some guy just sharing some thoughts, sharing some resources that hopefully might be helpful to you. And I do not have a monopoly on the truth. And I want that to stand. I want that to be the framework by which I, I continue to go forward. And it's an invitation by others to share resources that they have with other people. And so we're, we're people sharing with people. It's not about um, an expert opinion. But uh, in terms of this particular episode, I... Uh, and professionally am a psychotherapist and I, I work with youth and I work with families. And uh, as I shared in a previous uh, number of episodes and have kind of uh, noted in, in the background, um, I, I've been struggling with a concussion. I've had a concussion for a number of months and I had uh, significant um, symptoms that have uh, made recovery challenging and 
I decided that as a treater, as a psychotherapist, um, in terms of the day in which I got the injury, I needed to kind of explore that and uh, decided to go to see a psychotherapist for myself. And, and that was difficult because I was in the other chair. You know, in many respects, I, as I went, I was like, I'm not supposed to be in this chair. I'm supposed to be in your chair. And, and what you're doing for me is what I generally do for other people. So it was a very humbling moment, very humbling. It was a place of great vulnerability. But um, because of my experience as a psychotherapist, I was prepared and equipped to go into uh, a session, and I've gone to a number of sessions now. Uh, my focus has been uh, EMDR, um, eye movement. So, well, th that's an, an abbreviation, right? EMDR, uh, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And it's about taking an intense emotional um, traumatic moment and through um, uh, certain techniques, uh, engaging in a process of bilateral stimulation. So you reduce the intensity of the emotional response whenever uh, an intrusive thought kind of presents itself. And so, you know, there I found myself uh, in a session and I was equipped for a session. And I thought to myself, because of my experience as a psychotherapist, I was really able to get the most out of that experience. And I know a number of people have shared, you know, they don't think that counseling helps, that it's not for them. And I'm not going to argue um, a case for it. Psychotherapy is not for some people. I believe that there are benefits and there could be benefits for everyone uh, to go to um, a therapy counseling session. Uh, and that there are things that if you do these things will increase the likelihood that you'll walk away with something. And so that's what I want to explore here. I think first though, uh, I, I want to just kind of free associate a couple of, uh, a number of different words that I think are really important that we, we kind of just have coalescing around us um, in, in terms of creating a, an atmosphere and in terms of eventually getting to a, a mindset that would be really important for uh, preparing for your first session. So um, I would think like attitude, right? We, we want to think about like what kind of attitude are you bringing to the moment? Is it a moment of reluctance? Is it a moment of desperation? Um, awareness, like are you able to be aware of things that are um, triggering to you? Uh, are you aware of the context of uh, the problem uh, are you aware of your, your emotional uh, and mental uh, reality? Attention, what are you focusing on? What are the things you seem to find your mind's eye gravitating towards? Uh, and throughout this process, in terms of free associating, self-compassion, being compassionate with yourself. Uh, and then patience and acceptance, right? Uh, it's, it's a very humbling uh, situation to decide that, you know, you are going to go see a counselor, a psychotherapist, and engage in um, counseling. And, uh, you know, it, it requires uh, someone to accept that uh, this is the reality and that something needs to be done to uh, change things. The real mistake is to stop trying, as B.S. Skinner would say. And patience. We need to be patient. The idea of 
going to a therapy session and think that it's going to be an event that you walk away from and that someone else has been fixed or your situation has been fixed is going to lead possibly to a whole bunch of heartache. I, I think we need to be patient and trust the process. When I uh, talk to um, a small sample of people uh, about uh, the thoughts or concerns that they would have if they, ha if they were to go to their first um, counseling session, uh, they indicated that, uh, you know, they wonder like, well, you know, will it work? Can, can, can the therapist really, you know, um, fix uh, their kid? Or could, uh, you know, if, if the, the young person's not um, being cooperative or dealing with something, uh, uh, having some kind of emotional struggles? I mean, after all, this, age, this is the age of anxiety and depression, uh, even before the pandemic, but perhaps even more so now because of the pandemic, people are afraid to go out into the community to grocery stores and pass one another in the aisles. There's this incredible anxiety that people are experiencing. And the people that are asked to being uh, to self-isolate, you know, not just into their own homes, but then to quarantine themselves in a specific room because they have COVID-19 symptoms and they're, they're isolated for 14 to 15 days before symptoms go away. They're feeling depressed. They're feeling sad. So uh, these are um, some of the experiences that we're ha that people are having right now. Um, so we are in the age of anxiety and the age of depression, and it's just being um, it's it's being multiplied exponentially in terms of this uh, pandemic, right? So um, getting back to uh, so some of the questions, uh, people are like, "Well, what you know, what can can the treater um, fix my situation, fix my kid?" You know, that's the kind of question that uh, some people came to me with. They also wanted to know, well, what, the, what will the counselor ask me? And, and what should I ask, right? I mean, I guess, you know, the, the counselor might ask uh, quite um, uh, simply, um, how can I support you? What do you need? And this is an invitation. This is a, a very critical moment where you can say, uh, if you've done the, the work of, you know, uh, awareness and attention about what's going on for yourself, you can say, this is what I need. This is how I need you to support me. Some of the things that you might want to ask when you go in there is just, uh, first of all, um, because this fits with uh, one of the considerations of client therapist fit, you know, like uh, what's your treatment style? Like, uh, are you cognitive behavioral? Do you focus on thoughts? Are your emotion focused? Do you do that chair work where I got to kind of talk to myself, my younger self? Um, are you doing the EMDR where we're going to process traumas? Uh, do you do internal family systems where it's as if there are these different parts within you and you try to engage in an uh, in internal dialogue and internal discussion? You know, So I would think that that's one of the questions you might want to ask is like, what's your treatment style? I think you definitely want to ask and get clarification about the confidentiality policy in terms of when they need to release information that you might not want them to release. Uh, generally speaking, everything that's shared is confidential. But, you know, in terms of risk of harm to oneself, to others, neglect uh, w with children possibly being um, harmed uh, or if there's a uh, the courts, you know, they subpoena your your records. Those are in instances in which a person with a therapist, a counselor would have to release um, the requested information. 
or share the information because of uh, concerns about risk. Okay. Uh, the other questions people wanted to know are like, what are the benefits? Is you know, is there a benefit going to counseling opposed to talking to a friend? Why go instead of talking to a friend? Right. So these are some of the the, the questions, uh, the thoughts that were coalescing around this this imagining. Uh, a moment in which you're going to your first counseling session, right? Um, so it's hard to answer these questions because it's it's going to differ depending on who the person is, why they're going in, and who they're going to see. But what I can offer are what I think are four valuable considerations. So I think the first consideration is a consideration about mindset, right? Uh, when we're going to engage in the process of uh, meeting with someone and talking about what's going on and exploring ways to uh, build strengths, increase resilience, uh, develop additional coping tools, um, we, I think that we have to be careful of a fix-it mindset. You know, you need to fix, you know, that if with my concussion, if I went in and, and I saw... Uh, the psychotherapist that I was meeting with, and I said, you know, I need you to fix my brain. Uh, that's out of out of the scope of, of one's um, human powers. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you're like, I need you to fix my kid, the idea that your kid is broken um, and that, you know, you're just going to step back and hand over. those uh, That kind of mindset, I, I believe, will hamper and interfere with the resolution uh, of the, the problem that a person's experiencing. I think we need to embrace a learn and grow mindset. Uh, Dr. Dweck, um, and I'll provide a link, talks about the growth mindset. But this idea of going in, uh, being open to hearing what someone else is having to share. Now, the difference between going to a therapist and talking to a friend, a therapist is there to share information with you uh, and and resources and to be a sounding board and to give you some credible feedback in terms of uh, honest observations. And a friend at times for fear of hurting one, uh, one's friend might hold back, right? Uh, but we, I think it would be beneficial to look at the uh, treater, the psychotherapist as a life ally. And my experience has been that when, you know, I've gone to talk to uh, my counselor, uh, the, the person validates my experience. Uh, the person um, allows me to deconstruct an experience in such a way that I actually come out looking better through uh, my counselor's eyes than I do through my own eyes. And that's really encouraging and that's helpful. So uh, the first thing is if you're going to go and see a counselor, just to ask yourself, right, just to be aware of what kind of mindset do you seem to have? Is it like I'm going in one time and we're going to have to talk about things and if I don't get a result, then this is uh, a waste of my time? Or is it I'm going to go in, it's going to be a process, I need to be able to build trust with this other person and get a sense of what uh, my my uh, situation is, what my problem is. Maybe, maybe you have an idea of what your problem is, but maybe it isn't clearly articulated and just going to the counselor, one of the things that will be helpful is really bringing to light what the issue is, what the challenge is. The, uh, you know, I've talked about these things in the past about automatic negative thoughts, right? So 
if you're going in with a fix-it mindset and an ant that, you know, counseling doesn't work, you've created a number of barriers and uh, you're probably not going to get some positive outcomes. But if you go in with the attitude, the mindset that I'm going to learn, I'm going to be open and I want to grow, then there's going to be some opportunities for us to be surprised and to walk away with some resources that we didn't have before we engaged in this process. The other thing, and it's related to uh, some of the things that we've already been talked about, we've been talking about, is the client therapist fit. And once again, this is a process. You might go to your first counseling session, and you might meet someone, and that person you meet when you ask them, how would you describe your treatment style? They might say, I'm emotion focused, and I want to do some chair work with you. And if if that seems to be the orientation to which they lean, you might say, actually, I need someone that is more uh, uh, inclined to use uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, or for myself, I, I specifically wanted to uh, meet someone who was uh, trained in EMDR, right? And so you, you need to make sure that the styles are synchronized. And then when you make sure that the styles are synchronized, you've got to make sure that there's a personality fit. And so if you go to your first session and, and you don't feel aligned with the treater, you can make a request for someone else or a request for um, a referral. Don't let that first experience shape and shade the way you think that all treaters will interact with you and support you. Because there is, in terms of the different number of treaters out there, uh, that's the number of different styles and uh, different kind of personalities that you're going to meet. And it's, it's a, there's a little bit of trial and error. Be prepared to be anxious as counseling requires when to be strong enough to be vulnerable, right? So you're going in, you meet someone, you feel like there might be some fit. You're thinking that, okay, it's a process. You've got the learn and grow mentality and you need to be prepared to be anxious, right? It's a part of the process. The anxiety is not a reason to, to not go or to stop going. The anxiety is a manifestation of the courageousness that you're manifesting in yourself because you've reached a point where you've decided that to feed the fire of good mental health, this is something that you got to do and you're doing something that's hard and that because you're doing something that's hard, you thereby um, definition are someone that is brave and courageous. So we've got the, the learn and grow mindset. We've thought about uh, client and therapist fit. We've asked our questions to explore what we uh, should be expecting in terms of confidentiality. And uh, now we need to start working on something. So I'm going to do a future episode uh, called Things on My Plate Mind Map to kind of really flesh that out. But basically, uh, the, the goal uh, at this point, the, the third consideration, is to prioritize and focus and be specific about what you want to work on. Right? When you're going to a therapy session, you have to have a sense of what is it I want to do. And it has to be a smart goal, right? It has to be smart uh, in terms of um, it's specific. Is it measurable? Is it attainable? Is it realistic? And is it timely? If it meets those uh, criteria, then we can work towards getting some positive outcomes because we have something specific and concrete to work towards. So as an example, you might want to go in and say, you know, the thing that I want to work on, the thing I want to prioritize, there's a whole bunch of things on my plate, but if I try to address all of them, I'm going to get overwhelmed. So I'm going to pick something, get a success. 
And once I get a success, I can then start to look at some of the other things I need to address. But right now I'd like to, let's say as an example, stand up to anxiety. I want to figure out strategies to stand up to anxiety or stand up to intrusive thoughts, thoughts that kind of come into your um, moment that you don't particularly want in that moment and they're disturbing and uh, they're stopping you from doing what you need to do and living the life that you want to live. Right? Another one could be, I, I need to learn how to manage my anger. Anytime my kids aren't doing their homeschooling, anytime that you know I've, I've put some work in front of them, I, I get confronted by a whole bunch of emotions and I get angry and I raise my voice because homeschooling is important. And, you know, in terms of a post-COVID-19 world, um, it seems this off-script idea of homeschooling is going to be uh, more, oh, there's going to be a greater openness to it. And so, uh, yeah, let's maybe think about what we have to do to manage your anger because it's hard to homeschool. It ain't no cop-out. I said that on purpose in terms of this slang. Um, becoming more emotionally intelligent. This could be another specific concrete goal. Like, I need to be able to figure out what it is I'm feeling. I need to figure out the word that describes what I'm feeling. And I need to be able to communicate it to other people. And then I need to be able to manage that feeling, right? Or it could be to build self-esteem and confidence, right? When I got my concussion, I felt like a sensory overload stepping out into the world. I had to practice going out into the world and deal with this kind of... Um, ADD brain that all of a sudden I had um, and and stop retreating uh, from things that were overwhelming me and recognize that by approaching um, I can build my self-esteem and I can build confidence and then I can start to not only do task A but do task B and then do task C. Uh, for some people it's learn to set boundaries and become more assertive right you know it's and this might be one with your your uh, therapist your treater your psychotherapist Learn to set certain boundaries in terms of what you need and what you don't need. And, um, you know, respectively assert that uh, when I'm coming here, that this is, this is my time and this is the agenda that I have and this is what I'd like to work on. My experience with treaters is that uh, the, the, it, it's client-centered. They, they want to they start where you want to start and they're going to follow you wherever you take them. Um, some people might struggle with, you know, constant upward social comparisons because of, you know, the whole social media addiction thing, or, you know, in terms of this world of want and craving, unable to want what I have, as opposed to always wanting more, you know, the whole hedonic treadmill thing. So, you know, the idea is to be specific, to identify what is it you want to work on specifically, concretely, let's write it down. Um, and then we can come back to it and explore the process that we're making over time. Uh, in terms of the, the uh, metaphor, a guiding metaphor, I'd like to use the metaphor as a, of a bus, right? Like you're driving a bus. In life, we're all driving our bus. And every now and then we open up our doors and we let someone on our bus. And sometimes uh, some of the people we let on our bus, we cast to the back. And we have conversations where it's at a distance and we're kind of yelling at each other because there's a buffer. Sometimes we allow people to sit in the middle of the bus and sometimes we have them right up front. And some people that go to counseling actually want their counselor to take the wheel of the bus and drive for them. And they can't do that, right? You, I, we need to drive our own buses, but we're letting someone on our bus and we're letting them know where they can sit realistically and uh, join us for a time on our journey. But, uh, it's, it's always a temporary arrangement 
Um, and hopefully there comes a point when you go to your counseling sessions that you get the skills you need, you become empowered and confident enough that you can say, okay, now we've, we've arrived at the point where we can, uh, I can discharge from services. I can say, fare thee well, and uh, they can wish me good luck. The last thing I'd like to share that I think that's really important, uh, number four, is uh, the idea of scaffolding for counseling. That if you're going to go to counseling, if you're going to uh, you know, arrive at a point where you're courageous and you're going to leave yourself vulnerable, why not go the distance? And in terms of the scaffolding for counseling, uh, stuff like journaling, I think is really important. You know, journal before you go. What is it that you want out of the experience? What kind of mindset do you have? Specifically, what do you want to work on? Uh, in terms of a process, what do you think the process would look like? Is it like three or four sessions? Do you have an EAP, employee assistance program, where you get uh, six sessions per year? Are you going to use all six sessions? Um, what do you want the experience to look like? Journal about it. I think that uh, as well, if you're having struggles, um, practicing gratitude on a daily basis is really important. And for me, struggling with a concussion, yeah, gratitude on a daily basis, just reminding myself of what I'm grateful for on days when I'm really struggling has been instrumental in terms of me getting better. I think uh, in, in terms of mindset, one of the scaffolding things that we can do uh, is on a daily basis, uh, do the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, to know what belongs to you and what belongs to me. When you go to a counseling session, some things belong to you. They're yours. And a treater is going to help you look at them, but they belong to you. And there's some things that belong to the treater. And that's where we might have to uh, set boundaries and re remind ourselves uh, what it is we're attempting to achieve when we uh, meet uh, weekly or bi-weekly. Uh, or whatever the uh, scheduled uh, appointment uh, in terms of uh, counseling sessions looks like. The last thing, I think, in terms of scaffolding would be to attempt to get eight hours sleep. Be mindful of a healthy diet. Exercise three to four times a week for 30 minutes per session. Get a good dose of daily hugs and practice mindfulness six times per week, 15 minutes per session. I think that... These four considerations could really make a difference in terms of your first session at uh, counseling or psychotherapy, if that's something you're deciding to do. I'm not by any means suggesting or encouraging or coercing anyone to be open to going to counseling. Our starting point is this uh, imagining, uh, imagining a moment where someone's decided that they need to go. And uh, it's either out of desperation or curiosity or uh, a mindset of experimentalness where they want to experiment and you're going to go. And if you're going to go, there are four things I've offered as a consideration that could help you get the most out of that experience. Now, there's a large stigma about going to um, getting counseling and talking about it. Uh, so I've included in the resources and I'm going to let you explore them for yourselves. Um, I'm going to let you explore them um, independently. One is called Standing Up to Stigma, and it's uh, accessible through a PowerPoint presentation on CAMH website. And the other one are Stages of Change. You know, if you are 
going to, you've planned, you've made your appointment and you're getting ready for your first session. You're not, you know, uh, pre-contemplative in terms of change, in terms of dealing with what's going on. You're, you are in the action stage of change. And just to get a better sense of where you are in the change uh, process, you can access that PowerPoint um, at the CAMH website as well. Uh, in terms of what is therapy, some of the questions that I, I indicated I was not going to answer during this discussion, you know, what are the benefits? Um, does psychotherapy work? You can go to a link, uh, a crash course link that talks about what therapy is. And then there's a SciShow Psych that uh, answers the question or addresses the question, does psychotherapy work? I'm not sure if you can hear my monkeys up there. And also, too, I thought I would include uh, a link for quotes about therapy because uh, there's some really powerful, um, inspiring quotes that I think could help frame this idea that, you know, going to see a counselor is not um, a demonstration of uh, inner weakness and uh, it's not self-indulgence, but yet it is uh, the opposite, a moment of uh, courageous vulnerability and commitment to uh, spiritual growth and health. Before I, I conclude, I just want to share that uh, I'm now attempting to put my episodes on YouTube. So please uh, subscribe. And um, if you check out a resource and it's helpful, maybe leave some, uh, a comment in the comment section. If there's additional resources that you think might be helpful, share them in the comment section as well. Um, lastly, well, no, actually there's two other little things before I say my fairly well for now. Um, I think it was just my last episode. I was talking about in, uh, you know, the imaginative, uh, the imaginations, perhaps naively of a COVID, uh, post COVID-19 world that, uh, Huxley was talking to the talking heads and in, in a dialoguing memes, um, thought that, uh, Huxley said, same as it ever was in the talking heads, uh, indicated that, uh, no, um, Huxley said it's a brave new world and uh, talking heads indicated that uh, same as it ever was. Um, and I said, I, I don't know what the response now is to Huxley's position that it's a brave new world that we find ourselves in. And I have uh, a listener who sent me a link from the former head, uh, the former talking head singer, David Byrne. Is that how you say his name? But uh, he wrote an essay about a, a response to what's happening right now. I just thought that was so timely. Uh, so David, if you if you want to read uh, his essay, I, I think uh, the response would be, uh, life goes on. It's a brave new world out there. Alas, life goes on. Um, but you can check that out. And uh, lastly, uh, Daniel's son, he wrote a short essay about the COVID-19 crisis which is available on Goodreads and it's called Pandemic Lessons from Albert Camus. And I'm going to share that link with you as well. I think it's an incredible, um, insightful read. And uh, I hope you enjoy that and check it out. So thank you for joining me for another Tip the Iceberg conversation. The conversation is, as always, ongoing and continuous. Uh, I enjoyed this neighborly moment. I wish you well. Uh, I, I guess uh, one of the, the new ways that people are um, uh, parting after sharing some time with one another is uh, this idea of may you 
be well. So peace and take care.